Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Eight years after her breakthrough film, Deborah Granick is back with a new film called Leave No Trace. It's a story of Will and his teenage daughter, Tom, or Thomasin, uh, who have lived off the grid for years in the forest of Portland, Oregon. When their idyllic life is shattered, they are put in social services. After clashing with their new surroundings, Will and Tom set off for a harrowing journey back into the wild homeland. We're joined today by the director and writer of the film, Leave No Trace, and that would be Deborah Granick. Deborah, welcome to film school. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, I am thrilled that you're back, and and as I said, this is just uh, another wonderful, terrific film. And one of the things that was posed in your film Winter's Bone and is posed here is this sort of tension. Uh, these are real questions that you ask. This tension between society and the and others, if you will. I don't know if I'm putting that correctly, but this is a very deep film. And it's done exceptionally well. The acting is terrific. Tell me a little bit about where the story came from. I believe it was from a based on a novel by uh, Peter Rock. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. The novel's called My Abandonment, and it's um, he's a prolific writer from the Pacific Northwest. And he had seen an article in the paper in which he lives, Portland, and the article gave scant information, but it it, it noted that of the rangers of a, of a municipal park called Forest Park near Portland. We're surprised to have encountered uh, a father and daughter who've been living in the park undetected for a long amount of time. And I think what was novel about it was the undetected nature, the length of stay, and the way in which they were living, which would have, which was very distinctly organized and uh, appeared to have a sort of sustainable quality, meaning that they had been able to do it for a long time. Yeah. So, yeah. So. Those, that that setup was already interesting. That was a very that was a compelling setup. Who are they? Why are they there? How does it work? What do they do to make it work? And where will they go if they're discovered? What, what happens when they're ejected from this park? In some ways, it's a very minimalist film, very sparse. It really is comes down to the acting of the these two or these two characters and their story. But the acting by Ben Foster and. Thomason Hardcourt McKenzie, who um, was apparently in one of the the Hobbit film. Uh, that's how anyone may know her from before. But these are just extraordinary performances. And just in making this film, you know, what kind of in, what sort of direction are you giving to these two actors? Maybe it's different for each one of them. But what what were you when you were sitting down with them to talk about the characters and the development of the story? What was your sort of direction to them? Well, one of the first things I had to do to make it come alive for them was to make sure that they could ensconce in the forest and really be there, really rehearse the forest, really be making that that campsite their own and um, providing them with the option for the, the suggestion of primitive skills training for a master trainer a woman who had survived for 45 days with two tools in that very, very same region would instruct them about what, what skills they would have to have in order to have been living the way that this family was living. So immersion and 
access to the ingredients, the knives they would need for doing procedures with the wood to make good fires, um, identification of mushrooms and forageable things in the forest that are edible, uh, waterproofing themselves, you know. Um, all, all, there was a host of things. She picked very carefully things that they could accomplish, that they could burn. And that was, that was sort of, if you want to say, that's sort of the, that was the primary methodology of allowing Tom and Ben, the actors, to begin to feel that they're walking in those shoes and to operate within the given circumstances. They're also able to shoot the film in order because the story is so related to where they are. What's happening to them and how they change in, individually and, and in relation to one another is so contingent on where they are in the physical landscape of their journey. Yeah. So, um, so that's also really, I think, very helpful for their immersion. So... And, so that was really what it came down to, was placing them in that sort of physical environment. Is, is that what, and, and they, 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 seems like they very much embraced that experience because they are very believable in this, in these settings. Yeah, no, they really did embrace it. And I think they actually had fun with it. I think it was, those are very interesting skills to learn. And when you're, when you're offered a chance to learn them from someone that good yeah, and that accomplished it's pretty much a rare moment actually so yeah, yeah they really took advantage of that and, and went with it and yeah, as you say it's extremely visually represented on the on the, in the film you see them doing a lot of it yeah well beyond that i mean they're obviously the interaction between these two characters of will and tom is extremely i mean it's critical to the film's success in in, in addition to sort of the physicality and learning the, the skill set was that uh was there, were, are these just, do you just trusted Ben and, and Thomason that much to just let them, you know, go from obviously working off of a script, but this this uh, very intuitive, very um, intimate relationship that they have, very, they almost finish, finish each other's sentences in the film. I mean, there's a, there's a real connection that feels like it's not only the characters, but also this transformative ability of these performers I, I just it's really really remarkable but is is was that part i mean how what what role were you in in that sort of that that interaction between those two as on that level well i would say that um they were able to rehearse quite a bit just for themselves and like you say they wanted to develop certain things that they could use as kind of um their primary you know, semi-private communication, and yeah. and I really, I really welcome that. I mean, that to me is, if they're motivated to discover that, I can't make that up for them. They've yeah. got it. So, so I, I was excited that they, that's how it was kind of proceeding, and um, I'm very collaborative. Yeah. You know, filmmaker, and but I, but so that means I, by definition, I need collaborators. So yeah, uh, and they were, they were really providing that, and um, I would say that the fact that they're performing real tasks and meeting real people yeah. also uh, enables them to be very present with what's happening right there and, and really respond, really listen. So you're right, the whole film is heavily scripted, and everyone knows what's going to happen in every scene, yeah. but I can, I can do takes in which uh, you know, one of them may change something up, or I might ask them to change something up. And I like to work that way. That not every take is, is exactly 
Grant because yeah. I like variation. Yeah. In some ways, by the way, I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with Deborah Granick. She is the director of the new film Leave No Trace and stars Ben Foster and Thomasina Hardcourt McKenzie in the two primary roles. And there's a cert- certain similarity. There's a kind of a through line from Winter's Bone to this film in that. Um, there's again this level of intimacy that you bring to your your film projects, and I know that some of this film was based on a, a documentary or some. It is a sort of a, a kind of a continuation. The uh, was it called Stray Dog, right? The uh, the previous the documentary you did, but also the use of what feels like. I mean, these are real people. These are people who live in in this in these places. What you did in Winter's Bone, I know you used a lot of um, people from from the community to be part of the film. Right. And yes. just and you know that that's easier said than done. The ability, I, I just really my hats off to you as a filmmaker, and and you, I mean, it's in your ability to kind of draw people into a, a project like this, and also to draw out of them what you're looking for in their characters, because in both films, you just did a remarkable job of. of pulling out great performances, even if they're brief, that continue to kind of support what uh, what Ben and Tom are doing in this film. Um, you had great success with Winter's Bone, and do you feel like you achieved that level here with Leave No Trace in terms of the local talent, if you will? Well, I really do love working that way, the way you've described, and, um, and I do feel that in Portland and in its environs, when we would scout Sometimes I would say, oh, my goodness, there's nobody better to then be the person, you know, on this tree farm than the tree farmer himself. You know, <laughs> the, the person that knows how to cut Christmas trees, knows how to train another person how to Christmas trees. Yeah. He must be the person, you know, because yeah. who's going to do a better job than he can, you know? And um, I, and same thing with, uh, with he had wonderful participation from the police department. Yeah. In the end, I, I, felt, I thought it was very hard to cast the detective on the bus, or the police officer, or the canine officer, and they consented to play, you know, to be themselves and to try to instruct me about how they really would handle the situation. And, yeah. um, you know, and it was so, so helpful and rich, and it brought, uh, you know, yeah. that kind of specificity that really comes from being able to talk with people who are performing some of these things in real life. Right. Well, under underlying the the theme of the film, in my opinion, this idea of connection to society, connection to, I guess, the more the civilized world, and our ability to navigate what is what are we what are we entitled to? What are, are we entitled to live off the grid? It, increasingly, watching your film and increasingly, as I thought about it, increasingly, it feels like. There is a sort of a, a window closing on not just the practical side of it. Well, not just, I should say it the other way, not just the the technical side of it, but the practical side of choosing to live a life. And, and I'm not discounting the issues that Will is dealing with in terms of his character, but that it sort of feels like if you're not living in a certain way, in a certain social setting, that you're, it's it's difficult. It's if, if not nearly impossible. Am, am I? I don't even know if I'm saying this correctly. But just add your thoughts if you if you understand what I'm trying to get to, because it feels like that's what the film is about in a lot of ways. Um, but you're quite right because the um, 
choice of lifestyle is contingent upon being able to purchase that. You know. Yeah. You know, we we, we and so therefore, if you don't have a a piece of land, even a small piece of land, to park your tiny house or to park your RV. You know, if you if you have an RV but no land, then you might be in, you might be in a public park, you know, at a campsite, or you might be in a Walmart parking lot, or you might be feeling very very ejected from all places. There's no place that you're allowed. To be. And I am really wondering how uh, a big country such as our starts to deal with that going forward. It's a very very heavy question. Yeah. You know, and people feel that there is nowhere they can be because they're priced out of something. They are excluded. And yeah. so when you exclude people, then, well, what is, where are you offering? Yeah. Where are we offering that they can, then people can put down some semblance of, of, of a life? And, um, and with Bill and Tom, you know, they're willing to live in a very, art, very disciplined lifestyle. That is not easy. With, you know, everyone can tell that from the, yeah. from the, you know, having to be out in, you know, a certain kind of inclemency. There's nothing easy or uh, casual about that lifestyle. That's very, consistent lifestyle. That being said, should they have had, uh, you know, a small parcel of land, they'd live that way, and we would never know, right? They'd be off the grid, and and they'd be having their passive solar, and they wouldn't be hyper vigilant because they wouldn't be running from anyone because they were on their own parcel. Right. That's also not saying we, that, you know. We'd have to we'd have to go for a very very different kind of distribution of things, right? If, if, yeah. if people were granted uh, small spaces in which to live, yeah. really just outright, you know, just it, somehow that's not considered, it's a basic need, but it's not considered a basic right. Yeah, it's it's a subtle, but it's a, certainly a, a prevalent part of what you're asking in this film. Uh, and it's a terrific, all these are terrific performances. They are really so remarkable. I really, Ben and, and, and uh, Tom are just wonderful in this film. And uh, once again, you have done an extraordinary job with the film uh, project, uh, first with Winter's Bone and now with Leave No Trace. And it's really, truly an honor to talk to you about your work. I can't wait for, for more work from you, Deborah. I hope it's not as, we don't have to wait as long uh, for oh. the next project, but I just continue to do what you're doing because it is truly wonderful and terrific cinema. Uh, well, thank you for that beautiful, beautiful encouragement, and it means a lot. And um, hopefully you won't have to so <laughs> Okay. Far. All right. Well, Deborah Granick, the director and writer of the film Leave No Trace, thank you so much for being here on Film School. Thank you very much. Bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.